It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Welcome to Tuesday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, there you are. I, I, I must be a prophet. I, I'm, I'm going to start looking into the crystals of the tea leaves. Michael Bublé, my artist of the week last week, I was just speculating he should be back in Dublin soon. Well, he is. It's just been announced in the last while that he's bringing his new tour, his new show to Dublin on the 13th and 14th of May next year at the Three Arena. And tickets go on sale for Michael Bublé this Friday at 9am. And let me tell you, I have a pair of tickets to the concert. Not for me, for one of you today. How do you win them? Well, keep listening to Late Lunch because when we play a Michael Bublé song, and we will at some stage this afternoon, you got to text or WhatsApp 086-1800-658. Write the number down now, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. As soon as Bublé plays at some stage during the afternoon, text Bublé to 086-1800-658 and we'll pick somebody for that pair of tickets today. Great prize on the late lunch. You're very welcome to the show. Let's just jog your memories and go back in time a little with this. I spends me time in the ashes and smoke. In this old wide world there's no happier bloke. Chim chimini chim chimini chim chim chiri. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimini chim chimini chim chim chiru. Good luck we're above when I shake hands with you. Why am I playing that song? Well, I'm playing it as an introduction to my first guest on the show today because he is a man who can clear your chimney. He sweeps chimneys. Paul Mulligan, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. How's things? Not at all. Things are really good. I have you on with me for a reason because in the context, Paul, of the energy crisis, I'm getting the impression that people are once again turning to the opening fire, perhaps opening them up again. Uh, You know, they're going to become a part of heating homes this coming winter and spring. Am I right? 
You're, you're very right. Yeah, I think all chimney sweeps are seeing a big, a big rise in calls uh, for, uh, already this last couple of months. So it's very, very busy out there. Yeah. And is it because of that? Are are you getting calls from people who are turning to this who might never had an an open fire in years? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's it's, it's mostly people now. All the new customers will be people that that haven't lit their fire in years, you know. And they're 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 certainly looking to light it this year with the price of oil and gas. Yeah. What about uh, the other sources where you would use solid fuel, like wood burners and stove flues? Do you look after those as well? Yeah, all chimneys are basically the same, whether it be an open fire or a stove. Uh, the stoves will be connected to uh, uh, mainly, you know, the, the older existing chimneys. Or some, some are external flues that go outside the steel flues. Um, but uh, most of them would be just it's, it's the same as cleaning an open fire as it is cleaning a stove. Okay, so some stoves you'd have to dismantle the inside. It's, it's a little bit harder to get into, maybe. Yeah, but important to keep those clean as well. And I take oh, it, I, I take it that people who perhaps might not have had the fires blocked up but you know people who mightn't have used their fires in years would you say to people like that that you need to have your chimney checked and cleaned before you start lighting again yeah it's very very important that's that's mainly the most of the, the, the sort of newer calls we're getting are people moving into a new house or who have moved into a new house and hadn't haven't lit the fire and planning to light it this year you just you don't know what went on before you're in the house there you don't know what sort of fuel they were burning or uh, what way to look after the fire and it's impossible to sell to, to tell how how dirty the chimney is and how bad it is so it's it's really important to get to get the chimney swept um, if, if, if it's a new fire and you're unaware of, of, of really what's up there so if, you're, if you've moved into a new house or anything like that definitely get, get the, the chimney checked and cleaned Because you don't know what's in there as you say How often do you recommend people should have their if you're a fire user and let's say you light your fire through this autumn, winter and spring annually say you do that stint and you're someone who's, who has been a fire user should you have your chimney cleaned every year? Every year, absolutely every year. Once a year, I have customers there, the sort of older generation that might like their, that, that they rely on back boilers and that the heat radiators and what have you. So the, the, their fire could be lit all day long uh, through the winter and might even be lit during the summer as well. They might get them cleaned twice a year. Um, but for your average sort of fire user, every year. And it's not just the amount of soot that builds up. You just, you know, there could be dead birds in the chimney. There could be crisp bags. There could be anything up there that's blocking the flu. Paul, have you found anything so unusual? I'm sure you have in your time cleaning a chimney. What's the most unusual thing you've come across? <laughs> I'd say the most unusual was was a, a sort of local flag. Um, I, I, I get that. Um, I would say someone went up on onto the roof to push the, the flag of the local football team and decided to maybe uh, put it down the chimney, thinking it would it would stay there, but obviously it disappeared. Uh, so I've pulled out a, a large flag out of a chimney before. I've pulled shopping bags and um, uh, um, different items. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, definitely the flag was the... Uh, was the, was the strangest one. Uh, I have two admissions to make. Uh, I, I remember when I bought my first house, St. Dennis, and like you said, the chimney was absolutely rammed, and I think it was Tom Carr we got into the time to clean it. And I'm nearly sure the first time we took it down, there was bird's nests in it, Paul, everything, you name it, years of stuff built up in it. But yes. we, a £5 note, Paul, <laughs> there was a fiver in the chimney. It must have been a bird carried it into the nest. It must have been a bird, surely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a £5 note, I 
fucking joke you not Paul it pay- well, I'm it- yet to find any money in a chimney uh, <laughs> and the rule is if I do I get to keep it but I'm yet to find any money <laughs> well there you are I certainly did and I can remember that as well as, as, as if it is to, and I have a con- another confession to make in my ha- home now I have an open fire and always had had a back boiler I've disconnected it but I light it from time to time in the winter Paul I've never had the chimney clean since the house was built. Paul, Paul, don't give out to me, Paul. I'm just I'm going to have to give out to you, Jerry. You know, you're not you're in the same boat as many, many people. You know, it, it's it's probably the older generation that that you know we, we're all sort of brought up where we never seen our chimney cleaned. You know, and years ago people used to actually set the chimney alight to clean oh, yeah. it, but yeah. unfortunately the flues aren't what they're what they're, what they're made of. Uh, back then, you know, so a, a chimney fire in a, in, a, in a newer house these days will crack and and uh, uh, um, destroy a flue. Yes, you know, and, uh, which can expand then to a house fire. So you just need to be very a lot more careful than than they were back then. Well, Paul, I'll be I'll be engaging your services. I promise you, because I got to get it done. Because there'll be no draw on the fire, and the danger is all that that goes along with carbon monoxide and all that type of stuff, isn't it? When you don't get it cleaned. Well, that's it too. Like a fully blocked flue is is actually less probably dangerous than a, than a half blocked. You know, if you have a, a nest in the chimney, you try to light the fire, the, the smoke will fill with the room will fill with smoke. Whereas a half blocked chimney, like a crisp bag or something like that, the smoke is getting past, but the carbon monoxide then is entering back down into the room. So it's it's just it's all about making sure the flue is clear. Uh, and 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 drawing properly, you know. So no, and just while we're on the carbon monoxide alarms, uh, uh, Jerry, if, just to say to people that not to put them on the ceiling like a smoke alarm, to put them maybe four or five foot up from the wall, from the ground on on the wall. Okay, you were in the room at all. All right, so one of the sort of misconceptions, yes. Okay, so carbon monoxide alarms on the wall, up off the floor, not on the flat at the ceiling, like the fire alarm. Yes, absolutely. That's good advice for you today. Uh, the other thing is, um, when you talk about the flues, and most uh, houses, but they of course have the flu that combines the the uh, the fumes and smoke and that or whatever. There shouldn't be much smoke going up. But you know the old type, the stack I'm talking about that doesn't have a flu. Can you clean those as well? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. No, it, it's um, there's some very very old chimneys. No, it, it, it's um, depending on, on on what year on the, the the sort of condition of the chimney itself. You've got old brick and mortar chimneys um, that, personally, I, I I think should be relined or even like a flexi flue down and connect the stove rather and just take the old chimney out of use if you know what I mean. Because mm. it, it you just it's impossible to put a camera up these older chimneys and see if there's any cracks or anything or any leaks going into the rooms upstairs and stuff like that. So it's it just depends. It depends on on what age the, the house is and that. But a lot of Older chimneys on Great Nick, yeah, but they're obviously very, very big, hold a lot of suit, so they, they, they need clean as well, yeah. Yeah, I remember my when you go back to something you said there, my dad, uh, he'd, he'd wait his turn and, and set the chimney on fire. Don't ever do that, folks. This was years and years ago. It was a different era altogether. You should never, ever do that, but just as you mentioned it, it brings it back to me too. Now, what about crow guards on the top of the pots for you guys who clean chimneys? You know that I have them. They protect uh, nest, uh, birds nesting. Yeah. in the chimney pots how do you work that you know when you put your brushes up do you know when to stop <laughs> yeah yeah you just you just feel it it stops <laughs> having an apprentice thing with me that, that, that'll tell me when he sees the brush come out you know that okay. sort of way but yeah. I will, you, you'll always feel when the brush stops and once you just have to be that wee bit gentle that you, you don't pop any off um, but yeah and then once it once it's, it's it's all done from the inside now with the sort of rotary brushes uh, technology you know so it, it it's like a whip head that whips the the, uh, the flue right down and takes every bit of suit with it uh, and um, so it's done from top top to bottom uh, but from the inside in, in the house there's very little sweeps now that would clean from from the top down if any mm. at all 
like it up on the roof. Uh, what about the cowl on the chimney pot? Yeah. You're, you know what I'm talking about? That it, It's a thing, it's like a silver thing and you see it spinning in the wind. What was that for, yeah. to draw? Well, that's uh, just to help it draw. Some some houses, just depending on the lie of the land, you can be unlucky where the, the if, if, if the chimney's too low, if the house is too low, or, or, or it's just depending where the gable is, if there's trees around and what have you in a sheltered area, that the draw can be very bad. So you can get different types of cows, like cage cows, uh, Viking cows and spinning cows that can help with the draw, but there's there's houses there that once on on a, on a if if the wind is blowing in a certain direction they just can't light the fire because it blow down, you know. Okay, okay. Um, but so that doesn't the, of the land, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't stop you guys either. You do your job with that in place as well. Oh, a listener, a listener's just been on to us, Paul, to say, um, they want to know they have a stainless steel back boiler in a cooker, obviously with a flue on it or something. It's a real old one. Can it be cleaned? Well, yes, it, it, it's obviously an oil burner, is it? On the on the, uh, 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 is it solid fuel or oil? I'm not sure after talking about it, but yes, any any of the sort of burners can be cleaned once there's access into the chimney. Yeah, yeah. And your contact number? Do you want to give it out? How can people yeah. get in touch with you? Well, we're on Facebook. That's mainly where we get where most people will come through. You get you find us on Santa's Chimney Sweeps on Facebook, or just call or text oh eight six eight nine eight double zero double six. So Santa's Chimney Sweeps on Facebook or 086-898-0066. We have the number here in LMFM. We can pass it on to you from uh, reception here if you want to get in touch with Paul. And he's going to be busy because Santa will be coming very soon. And it's important to have those chimneys clean that he can get down with all the stuff and toys and everything for the boys and girls in the northeast and beyond. And Paul, of course, covers both counties loud and mead. Thank you for joining me. I just knew it in me, water. The business is flying for you and long may it continue. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Bye. Paul Mulligan there. Santa's Chimney Sweeps on Facebook. You can get in touch with him. Late Lunch LMFM Radio. Up next, it's your Two on Tuesday. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd love to be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Two, two, one on Tuesday. Written and recorded by Kirsty McCall in 1979, a song about a girl whose friends tell her the guy she's seeing isn't right for her, but she feels they don't understand because they've never experienced true love. Covered by comedy actress Tracy Ullman in 1983 when it got to number two in the charts. Two on Tuesday, Tracy Ullman, October 1983. She just fell short of top spot, her biggest hit ever. It couldn't shift, and you'll understand why, the number one at the time, because this one was the biggest selling single of the year, 1983, spent six weeks at number one for Culture Club.
As they say, form is temporary, class is permanent. What a fantastic song. Timeless, brilliant, always will be. The number one that kept our two and Tuesday off the top spot, Camera Chameleon from Culture Club. I take it, um, Miss Walsh, it's a no-brainer in your decision today. You either give the number one the thumbs up or the thumbs down. What's your verdict? That didn't sound at all like past the duchy. You <laughs> <laughs> promised you'd play it this week. <laughs> Bad scramps to you anyway. I thought you'd forgotten all about it. I'm going to play it later. Anyway. Um, what do you think? In terms of that, doesn't Tracy Ullman's, it just sounds so dated. It does. Really it does. sounds dated. It does. And that was a cover, remember, of Kirsty McCall, who had the original. Kirsty never released it as a single. Did you know that? And no, she was on back in vocals. Yeah, she was on back in vocals in that one as well. But it does. You're right. But And, and, the, and the number one is timeless, isn't it? It really yeah, it is, is. It's as fresh today. Does anybody know what it means? Karma chameleon. Yeah. Karma is what? A chameleon changes colours. Right. And karma comes back at you. Comes back at you. So it's a multicoloured. <laughs> it's it's Joseph <laughs> and his amazing technical <laughs> dream gold. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is what I have every hour of the day. You have a little bit of sympathy for me now, do you? I get questions like this all the time. I think she thinks I'm Wikipedia. <laughs> I'll give it a shot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, just to let you know, coming up after Let's look two. you up to see if you have a Wikipedia yeah. page, actually. <laughs> I couldn't have you mad. <laughs> a Wikipedia page, perhaps. Anyway, no, never, never, never. It is World Menopause Day today, and she's a very good friend of ours, and she's brilliant. Nutritionist Rachel Graham. And she's written this book to coincide with this day. It's called Menomorphosis, the Cookbook. And it's aimed at women who are about to or going through or post-menopause or perimenopause or whatever. And it's really important because what you eat is critical in uh, getting through the time for ladies. And Rachel Graham is with us after two on the show. Listen to this, folks. One in five experience severe symptoms. Nine in ten experience symptoms. Four in ten women consider quitting their jobs. Seven in ten blame it for the divorce or marriage problems. It's still a taboo subject. A government awareness campaign has just been launched. I'm talking about the menopause and today is World Menopause Day and I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch for the first time since pre-pandemic a wonderful friend of ours who's written a brilliant new book aimed, as I said, at people, at women who are pre-menopause, menopausal, post-menopause or perimenopausal. Many, many terms there. Rachel Graham, it is so good to see you. Hello, Jerry. I'm so happy to be back in the studio. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you with us. Well, you have been telling me that this has been in the planning for some time for you, this book. And may I say, I've just received a copy hot <laughs> off the press as you walked into the studio today. <laughs> it is one substantial work, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's a whopper. Um, it's nearly 400 pages. Um, there's over 101 medicinal recipes. And there is a huge substantial um, part of the book at the very beginning that's roughly around 35,000 words that is highlighting all of the different nutrients that you need to include now in your diet in order to effectively manage your menopause symptoms. So it's really explaining why you need the nutrients and what benefit you're going to get from including them so that when you get to the recipe section, you're really going to understand why you're making these choices. So it's a very logical process as opposed to relying on willpower. I I suppose this is a no-brainer question for you, but 
I'll ask it anyway. How big a part does good nutrition and, you know, focused nutrition play in getting women through this time of their lives. Yeah, it's really important. Um, and I think it's an area of menopause care that is probably underestimated uh, by women and even by other healthcare professionals. But for me, it really is the foundation of your good health. And not only for effectively managing menopause symptoms, but it plays a crucial role in future-proofing your health. So unfortunately, at this life stage, just by the very nature of our decline in oestrogen, that key female hormone, we are at an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis and also dementia. So not only is your good nutrition going to help you effectively balance your hormones, but it's also going to really play a key role in reducing those risk factors. I love the title. Just to, I, I should have mentioned, remiss of me not to, Menomorphosis, yeah. the cookbook. Yeah, so I have to give my all kudos to my husband who named the book Menomorphosis. And um, I have to say, I love it as well. It's It really describes so accurately what this is about. It's literally a transformative process. So really cleaning up your diet and fe- seeing and feeling those benefits. Now, menopause generally, as a rule of thumb, strikes between, or I don't mean to say it like that, uh, comes naturally to women yeah. at an age. Some are earlier, yeah. some later, yeah. as you know. But this is something that I've been thinking about with you coming here today. Should women have this in their locker, you know, before even menopause approaches? Absolutely. I mean, I think that if you start thinking about menopause when you're in menopause, it's like starting to think about your pension when you're of a pensionable age. Like you really do need to. And this is what I'm so encouraged to see, especially with the government's new campaign that you just mentioned, is that there's going to create this huge awareness. So, for example, I've got a 20 year old daughter and her friends, you know, now menopause is no longer going to be a stigma you know, for them and they're going to know exactly what to expect. And I think that was one of the biggest things that came out of the Joe Duffy interview. You probably remember that. Yes. They ran a poll of all the callers that called in that day or sorry, over those eight days. And the overwhelming statistic was that 80% of those callers felt unprepared for menopause. I mean, that's kind of staggering, you know. Mm. Um, And I was really quite surprised at that statistic at the time. But actually, when you consider the stigma you know, around menopause, it's it's nearly like a dirty word, you know, mm. but now no longer. I mean, there's, you know, there's women shouting from the rooftops. It's now thankfully gone m- mainstream and, you know, it's it's well deserved because this is a natural part of our life cycle in the same way the pregnancy is, you know, so. And, and you're right. And I, I have to say prominent women in media have mm-hmm. come forward yeah. who've actually been through it and suffered in silence and yes. are now telling their stories. Yeah, exactly. Which is a huge thing, you know yeah. what I mean? And and it does break. I mentioned that word taboo. It shouldn't be taboo. No, exactly. That's really the point here. Now, in the book itself, and I only have it, as I said, but I do know that there are eight key nutrients that you cover in massive detail in this and then incorporate those yeah. into the recipes. Could you quickly run through that just to mention what they are? Yeah, sure. So instead of breaking the book down into different categories like starters, main course, dessert or snacks, I have, you know, um, you know, the book has been categorised now into eight uh, sections. Yes. So we have phytoestrogens, we have fibre, we have protein, omega-3s, antioxidants, um, brassicas, which are basically broccoli and cauliflower, and probiotics as well. So um, there, I wanted to place the emphasis on nourishment 
So what you can add into your diet as opposed to everything that I'm going to ask you to remove. Mm. So you're immediately thinking in abundance. You're immediately thinking of all the great, amazing, brightly coloured fruits uh, fruits and vegetables that you can add in as opposed to being in this state of, unfortunately, for a lot of women at this life stage, you know, we're literally punishing ourselves, you know, in these, you know, punishing type of regimes where we're just restricting a lot of things, thinking that we're doing the right thing. But it's not the case. You need to nourish your body. You're at the gateway to a whole new phase in your life and for that you need key nutrients and you need them in higher quantities than you would have let's say in your younger years so that's why it's really key so that's why I've laid the book out the way I have and when you say that you know this new phase of your life sadly for a lot of women they feel life is over. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Completely. You've come across this. Completely. You know, the women feel lost. Um, they're also really easy prey to fad diets and a lot of misinformation online. And, you know, this kind of low mood that is very common as well can, you know, manifest itself in disordered eating where women are putting on weight and all of these things. Actually, if you were to include all of the key meno-8 nutrients, as I call them, in your diet, you're going to immediately feel more energised, you're going to sleep better, you're going to uh, be more inclined to want to exercise as well, and you're just going to feel happier in yourself and more confident. Um, So that is a really big part of the book for me is that I'm trying to spread a positive message as well about menopause because there's an awful lot of doom and gloom out there about Mm. menopause. And I know I've certainly met some younger women are going, I'm absolutely dreading it, you know. But actually, when you see it in a new light and see what you can do in order to effectively manage your, your symptoms using diet and lifestyle choices as your kind of weapon of choice, then it's transformative. Isn't it shocking to think that for years and years that I come back to this again, women went through this and often people said, you know what I mean? What's up with you? Well, you know, why are you like this today? Why are you a bit down? Why are you grumpy? You know, and, and, you know, we just didn't take this on board at all. Everybody, society in general, men, other women, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was very much kind of swept under the carpet and often women presented at their GPs and were prescribed antidepressants. I think they were called um, Mummy's Little Helpers, wasn't it? Mm. I think that was the term Mm. for them in the 60s. Mm. Um, So antidepressants were one of the most prescribed drugs for um, menopause when women weren't depressed. You know, they just had a decline in in a key hormone that, you know, needed to be, um, you know, they they needed other help, basically, not antidepressants. So the book is groundbreaking in that, and may I say this to you, there hasn't been a lot, am am I right here, written in this particular area. No, absolutely not at all, which I think is what led me to this point, you know, of wanting to write the book because, you know, it was uh, an area that I was seeing huge improvements in in my own clients just by optimising their diet with certain key nutrients. And there was an awful lot of talk about HRT, which uh, I'm not against. I think it's a great addition to to what we're doing of here. Course. But, um, you know, your diet is really the foundation. You have to start with that. And when you, you know, take this book and go through it, work through it and then implement it and bring it into your life, you know, I mentioned just some of the symptoms, you know, sleep, broken sleep, not sleeping mm. at, at night, mood swings, yeah. you know, the hot flushes, which we've heard yeah. about for, for years, all those things coming together. Really, with this, with this in your armory now, all those things can be handled and uh, dealt with and uh, will dissipate yeah well I mean it depends it's such an individual yes, experience yes. you know so you can't you know kind of blanket you know I know yeah 
uh, come out with those kind of uh, claims. But for every health claim that I have included in the book, you know, I've also backed those up with a lot of reference research uh, trials. Mm. So you can actually see um, and read, you know, all the additional information. But I think the book's point of difference is that often, you know, we don't know how much of a certain key nutrient that we need to consume in order to be able to see and feel those benefits. So that's where I've actually included the nutritional information at the bottom of each medicinal recipe. And I've presented that as a bar chart. So you can actually see at a glance. So it's very simple. It's very easy to be able to say, okay, look, God, look at the amount of nutrients in that. And I'm tracking 16 nutrients across each recipe. So you know, okay, I maybe have a history of osteoporosis, for example, in my family, like my mother had it, my grandmother had it. I need to really mind my calcium and make sure I'm getting enough calcium. So I highlight the great sources of calcium that are not only from, let's say, cow's milk dairy or dairy sources, and then how much of that you need to consume and where you can get that. So I have a whole section on just calcium and magnesium and all the calcium and magnesium rich recipes. So that's, I think, really important. It's much more than just a medicinal cookbook. It's a really effective tool that you mm. can use as that you know to to know that you are always you know hitting your recommended daily amount of certain nutrients. You've worked in this field for years and mm. you're always further studying and mm. honing your skills you mentioned the research there. Yeah. I'm curious to know has this come from within you personally or is it you know you've encountered a lot of women in your years through your yeah. your own teaching where? Yeah. Well, both, I think, because, look, I'm a lover of healthy food. I'm passionate about it. I've run a lot of workshops. I, you know, um, I've been told that, you know, my passion for healthy food really comes across. And as a result, women feel inspired. But in order to be able to know that you're actually making a difference, you know, you have to know that you're getting the recommended daily amounts of those key nutrients. So I wanted to make it not just about delicious food. Yeah, that was the hook, you know, the great photograph, the great recipe that tastes really fantastic, but also that it's it's actually, you know, giving you benefits beyond just basic nutrition. Mm. I, I say again, it is a substantial book <laughs> and I have it here in my hand. It's beautifully and I've only had minutes to look at it. Thank you. Who did the phot- photography and the illustrations? So they're I, beautiful. I did all the did photography. Did you do that? Did all the photography. Oh I did, my. Yeah. So oh and my. food styling and uh, obviously all of the text is mine. And then I had help from um, a fantastic typesetter um, and he was actually, he, but he's based based in Thailand so he's six hours ahead so we were working at like really odd times of the day you know just to get the manuscript all together but yeah it was it's been a labour of love and um, yeah I'm just it's it's fantastic I'm delighted with it and the recipes this is the thing you see some they're listening to us today and they're thinking for example I open on protein there I just mm-hmm. haven't opened on that yeah. page number six yeah. and people think I wonder is you know will this be complicated you know can I get to the recipes you know what I'm saying yes. linking the knowledge and yeah. all that's yeah. in that and the science then to the dish on the table. Yeah. That won't be an overcomplicated thing to do with this. No, not at all because, you know, you can go straight to the recipes if you want to and then just start there and then if you like the recipe then you can then backtrack to the first part mm. of the book and go, okay, so why is that beneficial for me, you know, um, and you can do your, your reading that way. But I think the... Um, 
the other thing with the with the recipes is that uh, all of the nutritional information is there for you at a glance. So you can really see just based on colour, you know, like the bar charts, you can yes. probably see. Yes, look. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's colour coded. Yeah, and see the bar chart at the bottom of the yes. recipes. Yes, um, yes, Of yes. each recipe. See yes. that across the bottom there? Yes. You can just see how colourful yes. that is. Mm. So you've got you've got actually 32 data points on each recipe. So you've got your percentage of recommended daily amounts and you've also got your weights, like your grams, your yeah. milligrams and all of that. Rachel Graham is with us on Late Lunch. On the day, she's brought us our brand new book, Menomorphosis, the Cookbook, Transform Your Menopause with Great Nutrition. And it is a fantastic work and I congratulate you on it again. Now you're giving you. a copy of the book away and what else have you got there? So from Linwoods, the health foods, um, they have given us this lovely pouch of menoligna which is a menopause specific product so it's a blend of um, flax seeds and chia seeds and it's really beneficial for helping you to balance your hormones so I add this into porridge I add it into yogurt it's a really nice product and it's very effective Would you like the book and uh, the the Littlewoods product as well Linwoods, Linwoods I beg your yes. wrong, wrong name let's play on the name there the <laughs> Linwoods product as well if you'd like it we'll send them out to one of you this afternoon please just Text or WhatsApp us 086-1800-658, the word. Menopause, your name and details. Menopause, your name and details for the prize from Rachel this afternoon. Um, you, you mentioned adding seeds, and sure, we've talked over the years mm. about oils and seeds and greens and yes. y- you name it across the board. So what you've done is you've pulled all your experience yeah. And you have, of course, now taken out a qualification in this area yeah. and you've you've shifted your emphasis, haven't you, yeah. to this as well? Yeah. So I think my main emphasis really is on women's health with an emphasis on menopause. Um, however, I think this book is suitable for women of all ages. I really do. I think, you know, I have a 20 year old daughter living in London and she uses some of the recipes herself with her flatmates. And I also have women in their 60s and 70s who are, you know, well past it or postmenopausal and can still benefit from it. So mm. I really do. I mean, for us women, hormones rule the roost. So, you know, any woman of any age can really benefit from this. Mm. And as you say, this is a, a preparation. You made a great analogy to me. You know, it's no good on the day you're retiring yeah. wondering about your pension. Yes. And that really sums this up, doesn't yeah, it? completely. And, and you know, it's, it's also, you know, thinking that uh, if you were to put kind of, you know, tractor fuel into your shiny red Ferrari and expect some kind of amazing performance you know it's exactly the same kind of thing you just you know can't expect it and that's the thing Rachel it is too easy to consume the stuff Mm. that really is not doing you any good exactly because it really stops your energy I think Mm. that's the first symptom that most women who come to me in clinic say, you know, I just feel so tired all the time, so lacking in energy. As a result, you know, then they're just, you know, eating all the wrong foods, sugary foods, caffeine, all that kind of thing. So um, this is where I'm just trying to really switch that up and get them thinking in abundance of all the amazing things that they can add into their diet. And it really is that good. I mean, you can see from the pictures just how vibrant. It's so colourful, you know. I mean, I say flicking through the pages on the break made me feel even better with the, all the bright colours yeah. in it and all the interesting yeah. foods that are there. It yeah. is terrific. Yeah. It just does that for you. Um, you must be thrilled that this has become a reality because I can see in this there has been some labour to get this yeah, done. Uh, completely, yeah. It's mm. been non-stop for five months. It should have actually taken me a lot longer but, you know, I wanted to get it out for this, you know, menopause day and menopause month. So, yeah, it's been a labour of love. Mm. And in, in a general sense now, like, it is 
out there and this is another part you mentioned HRT yourself yeah. and there are other aspects to care yeah. uh, in the menopause and it's important to say that this is a, yes. uh, one, one, one very important strand yes exactly very much and so. that's the thing now what we want to know of course is this book is just out what's the story where can people I'm just looking at my uh, WhatsApps burning up with people oh, coming wow. in here and I'm sure it's the same on the other media the text yeah. as well but the WhatsApp are just going non-stop here with people if you want the book and the product from Lynn Woods 086-1800-658 I'll just say it again give some others an opportunity uh, if you are about to go through menopause in menopause or whatever you know somebody it's fantastic 086-1800-658 the word menopause your name and details by WhatsApp or text um, where can this book be got? So it's available on my website which is rachelgraham.ie and I also have a menopause specific website which is menopausenutritionist.ie so it's available on both websites you'll see it on the front page there a link to be able to uh, order it and um, it's also now today just been released and launched on Amazon so it's uh, available as a the Kindle version is available on Amazon from today and so that means it's downloadable on all devices it's there and it's available. And are you doing a special edition for Christmas? Did I see that somewhere? Yes. Or I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to do a hardback um, that will be available from like mid-November. Um, that will be a limited edition uh, hardback. But actually this um, this version of the book, I think, is substantial enough and certainly uh, everyone's been very enthusiastic about it. So It's only €35. Euro and what mm. an investment yeah. in your health and yeah. your life yeah. and your years. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I wanted to do, Jerry, was that I wanted to make this a really affordable option for every woman that that she can actually really make a difference to her health you know so um, it's all of my knowledge and all of my passion has been poured into this book so you're getting it all I can see it I can feel it and to be honest <laughs> I've assigned copy to myself here yeah, I'm privileged I yes. really am thank you so much for this and I love the butterfly I yeah. really do just inside the cover it is terrific and I will spend time as well going through it in more detail uh, this evening and the, in the days ahead it, it, it's brilliant it really is and you've done a wonderful service let me say you thank really you. have you've uh, met a need in the, in, in, that's been there and certainly it's all within the covers of this book. Just to mention it again, it's called Menomorphosis, the cookbook by Rachel Graham. Check out our website, rachelgraham.ie, yeah. the website. And that's you'll, you'll get her there, everything about her there. Yeah. And it's available to order right now. It's great to have you back with us in studio, young woman. I'm so excited. I love the energy <laughs> in studio here. It's been brilliant. So do I. I really do. We'll see you soon and we'll be talking again, I'm sure. But um, for the moment, you. Rachel Graham. Graham, congratulations to you. Thank you so much, Jerry. Rachel Graham with us uh, a few moments ago there and we've had quite a number of calls. People asking, where can they buy the book in bookshops? It will be in bookshops. It's only out today and that's been worked on and we'll bring you details when it is available. But rachelgraham.ie, the website, get somebody to check the website for you, rachelgraham.ie. The information is there. It's a terrific book. When She told me she did all the photography herself as well as all the brilliant writing and advice in it. Amazing, amazing. And we thank you for joining us again on the show. Now it's time for one of our regulars on Late Lunch and I'm delighted to welcome her back. Always very popular. And the number you need for the next while is 086-1800-658 for your questions by WhatsApp or text. It's Sinead Kelly, our vet. Hello again, Sinead. 
Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us once more on the show. Well, there's one obvious question. We're not far away from it now, and it's an old chestnut, and we cover it every year. Halloween and our pets, especially dogs and cats, Sinead. What yeah. advice have you for owners today, please? Okay, so, I mean, the the thing about Halloween is that um, we kind of have to plan in advance. So, um, on the, the kind of when the fireworks are starting, that kind of season is beginning, um, you know, you need to have your animals indoors uh, once darkness is falling, um, have the curtains drawn, have the lights on, telly on, some kind of noise to kind of help drown out the, the sound of fireworks and bangers and things like that. Um, and the advice is really that you just try and carry on normal routine, that you're not kind of um, excessively kind of pampering or cosseting your pet because that can make them quite nervous. Just try and carry on as normal if they come to you looking for reassurance and obviously love and hugs and cuddles. Um, but just try and, and just make sure that you keep the windows shut, uh, keep the uh, curtains drawn, keep the, the doors shut, especially when it actually comes to the kids coming around trick-or-treating. Make sure you know before people start coming where is the cat, where are the dogs because it's very, very easy in the excitement of opening the door that a dog or a cat they get a fright, they hear a banger and they're gone. Um, so probably the best thing is really to put the animals in another room on the actual kind of Halloween night when you're thinking people are going to come to the door because in all the excitement, especially if you've kids yourself, it's just very easy for a little one to go missing. Now, next one for you. We have a 10-year-old golden Labrador and a friend of ours was watching her moving out in the field recently and she makes a, a, a painful sound when she moves sharply one way or the other and he suggested to us that she may have arthritis. Is there something I can give in terms of a food supplement or do I need to take her to the vet? Definitely the first protocol is the vet because you need to go along um, and actually get the animal physically assessed so the vet can do a full thorough physical exam of all the joints, the back, the neck um, and see, you know, do we have pain that's localised to any of the joints or localised, say, to the spinal cord um, and so then they can then decide, well, is this something that's maybe going to need a bit of investigation? Sometimes you might need to do some imaging like x-rays or ultrasound or sometimes it might be clear to the vet, okay, we have a stiff, sore, painful joint in an older animal animal um, and then the, the plan will be to, how do we kind of relieve this pain and inflammation and it's really what we call a kind of multimodal approach so the mainstay for, for, for most dogs would be using what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatories these are dog specific so don't ever try and use human drugs on your dog because they can be uh, very damaging to their gut and to their kidneys so your vet will probably have a plan of um, using an anti-inflammatory drug in the first instance and advising that you maybe might want to do a little bit of um, swimming exercises you can do that maybe locally if you have access to water or often actual hydrotherapy and physiotherapy can be provided by um uh, veterinary physios and, and hydrotherapists which is very very useful as well um, and then as things maybe get a little bit tougher as, as the animal gets a bit older if you get more wear and tear there are other drugs we can add into the cocktail so we can use what we call centrally acting analgesics um, so drugs like tramadol um, can be quite good in, in combination with non-steroidals um, and also there's drugs that are quite good for what we call neuropathic pain and then there's a kind of a new kind of game changer on the market it's, it's a, a totally different way of working instead of reducing inflammation this drug it, it uses monoclonal antibody techniques and the theory is it's it's actually totally dampening down the the body's reaction in the joint and so this is in the form of a, a once a month injection um, in dogs it's called librella in cats it's called silensis 
in cats it's especially useful because cats are very very sensitive to non-steroidals and really um, there's only kind of one licensed drug that can be used on cats and even that sometimes can be uh, can cause some problems for them so um, there's lots of different things that you can do but definitely you know while you can get joint supplements and you can get diets special diets that are kind of high in glucosamine and chondroitin to help no amount of, of what we call nutraceutical or no amount say of just one aspect say doing some hydro is going to help unless you've got to the bottom of the issue and where is the problem have we got a joint pain have we got a muscle pain have we got a neurological pain so it really is very much multimodal so definitely start with the vet find out where they think the problems are and then you'll discuss your different kind of layers of, of therapy and treatment and often we start off with one layer and that gives us a good response for a while and then we might need to add in other layers just as, as, as time goes by some dogs can't tolerate non-steroidals very well for example um, if they have a sensitive tummy that might be too much for them or if they're on a kind of drug called corticosteroids we, we can't use non-steroidals and corticosteroids together and for these animals um, the Librella is, is very very good the disadvantage of it is just the cost so it's a once a month injection it's fabulous but it is expensive mm. so um, again going back to what I've often said about, uh, about getting an animal you know it is a privilege to own an animal an animal and unfortunately you know the care the, the kind of medicine and the surgical care that is that is there available nowadays it's expensive um, and so really think about getting your pet uh, some pet health insurance when you yes. get them um, to help cover the cost and if you decide not to do that well have a bit of a rainy day fund or budget for your preventive health care and budget for well what's going to happen if this animal gets sick can, can I afford to look after mm. it and, and that's a regular problem unfortunately that, that we find yeah, and it's one that's been too late for me now with Messi, but one I would do if I had another Newfell again. Here's an interesting one, Sinead. Um, I've been watching my dog sleeping, Jerry, lately, and they seem disturbed in their sleep, making noises, whining. Do dogs dream, at, would you ask, Sinead? do dream so it's really really funny yeah so there's been a lot of work done a lot of research done um, and yes dogs do have dreams cats have dreams too dogs in particular often have dreams um, you know where they would appear or we would imagine are they chasing something are they running after something they're often very kind of big excitement dreams with with yelping and crying and, and kind of um, you know lots of movement and things so, so that's normal you know and sometimes dogs will have more kind of vivid dreams than others and you might notice more kind of movement and and noise and others occasionally people think uh, you know they might think oh is that a seizure is that something unusual now again if your dog does something very strange in its sleep that you've never ever seen before so occasionally it's possible that we can have kind of you know neurological disorders that that can occur more commonly do they occur during the during the day so but if you notice something odd in your dog's sleep and you're not sure is this is this a dream or is this like maybe excessive sensitivity is it twitchiness is there something else the best thing to do is take a video of it it's great now we have all mobile phones and you can show that to your vet and, and, and they'll let you know but certainly dogs do dream and they can be I, I mean I often remember what Cleo when she was in the bed with us I mean you'd be woken up by her kind of obviously chasing imaginary mm. rabbits you know so it's, <laughs> it is it is very 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 amusing but they definitely do uh, interesting one on the uh, feline uh, line now we have a cat that's 12 going on 13 and she's quite healthy We're beginning to wonder now how long could she actually live for oh it's a little bit of a sad question isn't it uh, yeah okay so yeah cats 
tend to be a little bit luckier than dogs. They tend to have a kind of, uh, on average, longer lifespan, um, mainly especially indoor cats. The outdoor cats, unfortunately, have a, have a higher kind of loss rate um, because of trauma, say, roads and things like that. But, I mean, I would say a cat of 12 or 13 is certainly geriatric. Um, and I think you're doing very well to get to 12 or 13, but certainly lots of people will have anecdotal stories, and I would often see cats that are maybe 13, 14, 15, even the occasional one, 16, 17. But I think at 12 or 13, yes, we're older. And again, probably a good thing to do is to think about having a chat with your vet about doing a geriatric blood screen just to check how kind of the kidneys are doing and things like that, check your blood sugar's okay. Cats in particular, they tend to hide their clinical signs quite well. So often, as the animals get older, you know, things that we often put down to, oh, that's, that's just old age. And we maybe think, well, there's nothing that can be done or, or there's nothing really problematical going on there. Cats in particular are, are prone to, say, getting kidney issues as they get older. So even like a, a once-a-year kind of blood screen at your vet with an older cat can identify if you're having early kidney changes and you can put in changes with a diet and supportive care. That, could, that can help them. So certainly age is a number, and I'd say that with everybody, humans, animals, you know, it, it is a number. And you can have an animal of 12 or 13 who's in fabulous, fabulous condition. So I think you've got to obviously be realistic if you especially have children in the house, you know, that, that, that they all understand that this is obviously now the equivalent of maybe say somebody in their in their 80s um, but you know there's no reason to write them off or quite a lot of the time people say to me oh it's just old age there's nothing we can do or going back to that original uh, question about the arthritis and people often think that there is nothing we can do but there is so much that can be done now you know for all the say the ailments that we would have put down say to, to old age like stiffness or soreness or arthritis um, even say kind of coughing and, and different things like that there are lots of things that can be done so don't don't just write them off. Definitely mm. have a, have a chat with the vet. Uh, back to uh, the arthritis. Hi, Jerry. We have a Springer Spaniel. He's our four baby. Oh, I love that. Yeah. He's on Loxicom. Uh, bad arthritis in both hips, but it doesn't seem to be helping. Can Sinead offer any advice? like um, what I was saying before Loxicom is one of the non-steroidals it would be kind of our first layer of, of intervention if we feel that an animal is, is suffering from arthritic pain so I would have a chat with the vet and go back if we feel, if I feel as a vet okay, my patient is not responding to the treatment I've put him on, number one you have to I suppose reevaluate your diagnosis so am I right, does this dog actually have this problem that I think this dog has um, and obviously your vet will have a chat with you about whether your arthritis has been confirmed either on clinical exam or maybe with some imaging and um, if you're happy that yes this is the issue it's an arthritic problem um, then you would look then at the next layer of, of, of help so Non-steroidals are, are kind of funny in that sometimes uh, there, there's maybe four or five different kinds and some dogs respond better to one kind than another and, and at times it can be very difficult to predict which one will. So if you find um, that, say, Luloxcom hasn't worked, normally as a vet what I would do then is I would say, okay, let's not, let's not write off the non-steroidals totally, let's try a different class of non-steroidal, but let's add in something else. So I would, if I feel the dog is particularly painful, I would maybe consider adding in some um, tramadol or some gabapentin. Gabapentin is very good for, or progabalin, very good for what we call neuropathic pain. And a lot of these dogs, especially with back leg problems and hip problems, a lot of the problems are actually coming from the lower back and the spine, and we're beginning to get a little bit maybe a kind of nerve pinching and a little bit 
bit of, of kind of spinal cord um, issues as they get older. And so often adding in a drug that's very good for neuropathic pain is also very helpful. The, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are essentially reducing inflammation in the joint and around any nerves. And they'll be good for a, a certain degree of pain. But sometimes we need the centrally acting painkillers like something like tramadol. Or sometimes we need drugs that work in a different way that actually kind of stop the, the nerve fibers firing off. And then you're looking at drugs like gabapentin or progabalin. So it's a very analgesia, again, in humans or in animals, it's multimodal. So we're not just looking at stopping pain at one point along the pathway. You know, there, there is a whole pain pathway. And so often we're looking at stopping it properly and centrally and at several points along the pathway um, to, to, to make sure that we have the maximum kind of pain relieving effect. So again, go to your vet, have a chat. They might suggest additional drugs or they might suggest, say, things like physiotherapy, hydrotherapy, and acupuncture is actually can be very, very good as well. So, so definitely have a chat and again, don't give mm. up and say, oh, it's not going to work, nothing will work. Yes. There, there's, you know, there's lots and lots of different options. Sinead, simply brilliant as usual. Thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate your time and your wonderful advice. That's a pleasure. I'll see you again soon, Jerry. Thanks a million. Take care, Sinead. That's bye, Sinead bye, bye, Kelly. Bye. bye, our wonderful vet, answering your questions on Late Lunch this afternoon. Oh, there's a big birthday today. A massive birthday up Dundalk Way at St. Oliver Plunkett Community Unit, where he resides. I want to say the happiest of birthdays to Jerry Casey. And the love comes in from Jenny, Deirdre, George, Stephen, and all his family in Lisburn. And Jerry Casey is Dundalk Football Club's biggest fan. He's the number one fan. Jerry, have a happy birthday. And just for you, from your family and us, it's Mr. Nat King Cole. That's what you are. Louise, look at that. I have a cat who's 20 years old. He's feeble at the moment. And I had one a few years ago. She was 22 years mm. old, says Marion. Just looking at that, I've I just wondered how, Marian, how old do cats get? Yeah, what's that do you massive? Marion, how do you. Well, we'll have to talk to Marion about that. We'll have to give her a shout back. Is that a massive age for a cat? Oh, it's a great do age. Cats normally live oh, listen, it's a great age. It really is. Listen, even to Sinead Gelly there, you know, saying, you know, you talk about 13, 14, but. You know, 20 and 22 is remarkable mm, longevity. You are indeed. Today, I say happy birthday to somebody else today. Well, an organisation. The BBC, Louise, is 100 years old this day. They broadcast on this day mm. 100 years ago for the first time. Who was the first person? Oh, my. I now wonder. you have me. I told you I'm not Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I said they had that great voice. You know, you the, know. the voice of the BBC. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to the British Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. You see, that and was... The dots in it. Yeah. I remember Eric Nixon, great Eric Nixon. I did a little bit of training with Eric. He's simply a brilliant man, formerly of the BBC, trainer now. And the first time we went with a group, you know, we were voice training and... Uh, some of the D4 brigade, you know, from D4, uh, the D4, and Eric stopped them in their tracks in the training and said, hello, what's that? What's that? What are you trying to do there? What are you trying to put on? You know what he always told me, and it's the truest thing ever, you should always just be yourself. 
on mm. the edge. Just be, your accent is your accent and be proud of it. But you're in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Ireland or England. That's the way it works. I always remember Eric for that. Anyway, happy birthday, BBC. A hundred years and keep her late and don't let the Conservatives get you down. They won't get anybody down at the minute because they're on their ass on the floor themselves. Let me tell you who's won what this afternoon on Late Lunch. Helen Fagan, the Menomorphosis book by Rachel Graham is yours and the Linwood Menoligna as well. That's your prize today. Thank you so much for entering the competition. Your name came out and there were so many looking for Rachel's book, I promise you. That's yours, Helen. And Tony Carroll in Dundalk, you've won the Michael Bublé tickets because Michael Bublé has just announced that he is coming to the Three Arena in Dublin on for two nights, the 13th and 14th of May next year and tickets go on sale this Friday so make sure if you want to go and see him you got to get in early and grab those tickets I was at him in the three arena I mentioned last time he was here he was simply outstanding anyway those tickets on sale Friday but Tony Carroll is no worries now he's going along he's won the tickets on late lunch this afternoon let's have a look at the clock I know what we'll do now go on Louise hit it there the Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week is Nina Simone this week and my song today reflects the struggles she experienced as she made her way in life and the music business. From a young age, racism was commonplace. Even with the God-given talent she oozed, a young Nina was passed over for a scholarship to the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. Acknowledged it was years later, in 2003, just before she passed away, when they awarded her an honorary degree. They'd, all those years later, it took to put that wrong right. But back then, in order to fund uh, her private music lessons, she played piano and sang at the Midtown Barn Grill in Atlantic City, New Jersey, where she built up quite a loyal fan base. Then in 1958, she recorded I Loves You, Porgy, from Porgy and Bess, which became a top 20 hit on the US charts. And the subsequent album, Little Girl Blue, followed on successfully too. But unfortunately, Nina signed away the royalties. Yeah, and the rights for a paltry $3,000 for going millions, especially years later when it and its songs became hugely popular. Symptomatic of the times, unscrupulous people and aspects of the music industry, she wouldn't be the first or last to be taken advantage of. So let's reprise another Nina Simone standard and listen carefully. Do you recognise the tune and its association with a BBC TV show? I wish I knew how it would feel to be free I wish I could break all the chains holding me I wish I could say all the things that I should say Say I'm loud, say I'm clear for the whole round world Ah, yes, Miss Nina Simone, my artist of the week. What a voice, Louise. What a performer, isn't she? She's amazing. She's great. Love her. Just absolutely brilliant. And did you get the TV show? Now, we mentioned BBC, 100 years in uh, broadcasting this very day. That was the theme from a famous BBC show. You knew. You said to me, that's the theme from some... But I didn't know the name of it until you said it. Yeah, 
do you remember Barry Norman or in latter years Claudia Winkleman presenting film? It was the movie review show on BBC. Barry Norman did it for years and years, then Claudia took over. That was the theme song. to Say it, film 90, film 95, film 2000, or whatever the mm. year was they gave uh, the title of, this, of the programme. But that was the theme song from that programme. Now, you checked out, you asked me... She was doing Wikipedia with me. She's done it several <laughs> times today on the show, but she's gone and checked out herself. The first ever broadcast it. on the BBC... Well, I couldn't find the first person on it, but yeah. I did find out that the first... Um, Pro, the first basically programme was a news bulletin okay. read twice. <laughs> the same one? Yeah, once at normal speed and once at half speed and then listeners were asked to say which they preferred. <laughs> wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to be doing breaking news at half speed, would you? You'd be a bit late. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Isn't that, so they put it over to the listeners to say which do you prefer? So mm. they were sort of testing the water with listeners. I love it. I love it. Uh, different times altogether. hundred years ago today, the Beeb went on the air. Final break of the afternoon coming up on Late Lunch. And Philip Quinlan is with us next. And he's going to tell us the story when his daughter was born, uh, the difficulty he had in coping with her arrival. One in five women experience postnatal depression. But did you know that there's a small percentage of men that it affects as well? Philip Quinlan from Navin joins me on the line. Hi, Philip. Hello, Jerry. How are you getting on? I'm really good. Thanks for uh, having a chat with us on the show this afternoon. It was when your daughter Eileen was born. Well, it was just before that, I'd say. Um, all the dreams, the wishes, you're thinking, right, what sort of father am I going to be? And then when she when she arrives, it was probably the best moment of my life. Fantastic. And um, you're holding the baby. You're, you've all these dreams, you've aspirations, you've all this love. I forgot about my disability for a second until I held the baby back and was driving home that evening. And it suddenly hit me like a lead balloon. I I couldn't be a physical father because of my disability. I couldn't walk hand in hand with the child. I couldn't throw the child up in the air and catch the child or carry the child on my shoulders. Um, so I just had to, basically, I just had to adapt and get rid of them nasty thoughts if you like you know so just to step back a little you live with a brain injury that you uh, suffered while playing sport playing football at Parkville back in 1989 so going on 33 years next month and it affected my body uh, very dramatically uh, I woke up from the I suppose the hospital involvement after about six weeks and realised that my whole right side was paralysed. Yeah. So I had to go through intense physio, OT, speech therapy. I couldn't talk. I was being fed through an NG tube. So it's just like being a baby myself again. Mm. So this you had to deal with yourself and then your lovely daughter, uh, Eileen, arrives and this not feeling good enough, was that it, just in yourself? Not feeling capable of daddying this little baby? Was that the the nuance of it that was the crux of everything yeah my dad was very physical very hands on and suddenly I couldn't be this father out in the green playing football kicking ball back and forth I couldn't do any of this so the thoughts began to fester and I I got down an awful lot quite regularly when I realised that I couldn't do all this but I suppose I just my wife was amazing and she pulled me through it all she came up with lots of solutions and we do adapt. Like simple things like bringing the child up and down the stairs 
I had to bum the, down the stairs for because my balance is poor. Bum down the stairs with the child in my lap mm. for safety's sake, so as I wouldn't drop the child, or I wouldn't fall myself, or you know, worse, both. Um, but then it just the, the child said I just had bumming down the stairs by herself when she got old enough, and I was in front to make sure if she did fall, I'd be there to block it. Um, just a lot of hyper-adapting, Jerry. you know? Yes, yeah. yes. And perhaps in a way, and I don't mean to be trivial about this, were you overthinking it a little bit? Jerry? you got me in one. I'm a very, very bad overthinker. And I'm trying to preempt everything. But as my dad said, Phil, you can't preempt everything. Mm. You have to let them learn themselves, whether they fall, whether they hurt themselves. It's just I'm a bit slower in getting to them when they hurt themselves, you know. Yes. And uh, bit by bit, with Helena's help, your wonderful wife and support, you over this. This is the the real good aspect and positive side of this story. Well, it is, yeah. And then number two came along. Yeah, (laughs) you were ready for number two. Your son. Yes. My son, you reap what you sow, Jerry. (laughs) So, uh, Joe was... Eileen was mad into a football, but Helena took care of that. And then Joe came along, and it was my turn to step up. So the first, I suppose, scary time, if you like, was when we went up to O'Mahony's, and Joe joined up in the nursery. And a brilliant facility they have up in O'Mahony's is, at the start, they get all the fathers to warm up with the kids. Mm. And I couldn't leave the, the clinginess of the fence, the mesh fence, for, for fear of falling. Yes. So I had to tell him to look for another father to train with, and fair play to uh, Niall McCaig. He spotted I was in a bit of trouble back in the day. I'd say it was about four years ago. And he took Joe under his wing. And they've all taken him under his wing up there now. Mm. I'm, at, I'm at every game and every training session. But they're, they're just fantastic up there. They, they sort of, they're Joe's surrogate fathers, I'd say, if you like. Yes. You know? And the O'Mahony's need all your little Joes and the others to get them oh, back to the top I of know, the tree, don't they? Ah, it's, it's a sad day for now. I right? know, I know. But they'll rise again. That's the thing about sport. They'll rise up and they'll be there in the future, like you have as well. But you you really want to share this story because it is a small percentage of dads and your particular case yourself, but it does happen. This is the thing, uh, Philip. Well, I suppose I'm a bit of a strange cookie that way in the fact that I have this disability and the anxieties I was feeling were very real. Mm. But... But as Dad said, they can all be dealt with. And yeah. Helena just, she rocked up and she, she, my, she was a ball of sense, really, you know. Mm. You can't do this, so do that instead. Yes. Like, um, putting the child into the the, uh, the high chair so I could go and make dinner. And then train the kids not to come near the, the kitchen because I had the hot pots and the boil. And I didn't want uh, any distractions or obstacles in my way to go over and strain the spuds if you like mm. but uh, it was just it, it's been a fascinating outcome now mm. and hopefully it'll continue to be you know a learning curve for me um, I just Joe turned into a nice young fella and Eileen is, is a, a gorgeous little girl and uh, they're, they're good at school they're mad into sport which is you know it's great to see they have a lot of good friends in the sport uh, they both play with Park Villa which is at times scary for me because that's who I played with. Yeah, another great club over there as well. But listen, here's the thing. You see what you're telling us all there? 
you know, your fears and worries and everything are in the past. Look what they've turned out to be and will turn out to be in the future. And you're a great dad and you've done so well with them. And that is the way the book ends. You know what I mean? With the ending, we all love the lovely ending in the book. And with that in mind, you are going to put this pen to paper or, you know, I'm talking ancient history there. The keyboard's going to rattle along. You're working on a book. Well, the keyboard is rattled and hopefully early next year, uh, I found a publisher, O'Brien Press are publishing me. Right. So it's, it's, it's sort of a, a bucket list ticked and um, hopefully it'll, it'll give people an insight into my own head and my own brain and what I've been through and going through. But uh, no, it's just probably all down to the kids. I never thought I'd have kids. Yeah. And uh, it's all down to them. Just initially it was a, a legacy for them. But it grew legs amazingly so, so hopefully it'll continue to grow legs. It certainly will. And I'll be talking to you, please, God, if God spares us all in more detail around that time. But for the moment, you're great, Philip. Wish you well. Thank you for joining me. Jerry, thanks a million again. Not at all. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Philip Quinlan there from Navin with encouragement for anybody that might be feeling a little bit down in their boots today. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio tomorrow on the show. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, sideline shenanigans. Yes, respect at games where there are young people playing. Children and football, Gaelic, soccer, rugby. We're talking about respect and respect for them, uh, for the management of the teams, for the referees on Late Lunch tomorrow. Mid-term things to do. Siobhan O'Neill White, Siobhan O'Neill White knows she's with us. And the junior cert, a local mum believes... It's not great preparation for the leaving cert when they really have to step up to matters. We're going to hear that and more besides on the show tomorrow afternoon. Have a lovely Tuesday evening. Take care of yourselves and do come back for your midweek late lunch Wednesday, 1.30. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.